box, 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 box. Ladies and gentlemen, today I'm joined by the solo dolo, Mr. Karun Kanan, and myself, obviously, Tarush, your host. For an episode of Box, 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 we deeply apologize to our loyal listeners for missing out on the Monaco Grand Prix, but logistically, everyone was in different countries and cities, and we could just not make it work. But we are back <laughs> to debrief the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Mr. Kanan, three words to describe the Baku race this year. I'll do it in two. Pretty standard. <laughs> like... Well, it was like I think nothing. that's a byproduct of us being a little spoiled, especially okay. these last two seasons with absolute bangers of races. I mean, even this year, we've been treated pretty much every time, minus maybe Miami, yeah. pretty standard. Um, and it's really interesting because everything about Baku screams red flags, safety cars, yeah. crashes, super high-speed street circuit, not super smooth. The castle section super tight so it, it's interesting that this was the most straightforward race of the year so far considering we didn't have any big offs but i, I think you know it makes us appreciate those those races like bahrain earlier this year and yeah. saudi so so i accept it um yeah you, you kind of took the words out of my mouth for for my my two or three words to describe this race but uh Maybe maybe I'll just go with Supermax Verstappen. Just uh, Supermax, <laughs> and that's a good transition into you know the RBR one two. There was no, there was even Perez didn't have an answer to Max's pace today or that day. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I think Checo really just blew through his tires after he got ahead of. Uh, Charles on that first turn like I think his engineers must have just hyped him up too much like he was really pushing the pace like the gap was growing so fast and then from there like Max just a combination of both strategy and just like better driving was was able to just make that move on Checo yeah Max pitting on the first virtual safety car whereas Checo didn't I don't know if it was miscommunication or if there was a certain strategy where they wanted to pit one car and not the other you know leave the one that was in P1 due to track position which honestly like yeah doesn't seem to me like they were trying to hurt Checo's race strategy. They just wanted to pit one car and keep one on on track for the track position. It, yeah, it made sense. And and yeah, okay, like because at, at that point, right, Charles was still in between the two of them. So like you leave Checo out there to hold your track position, and you bring Max in just to cover whatever Charles is going to do. So that way, either way it goes, you yeah. have a Red Bull in front of them. I think, I think Red Bull <laughs> called it correctly and. And yeah. in the end, that, that strategy has proved out way quicker. And like you said, the abrasion from that track in Baku, the street circuit, probably just really took the life out of Checo's tires. Um, yeah. Still drove beautifully, started the race beautifully. And had Charles remained in the race, it perhaps would have been a bit more interesting because Max would have had to get through him first. Yeah. And then what kind of tires would he have left to battle with Checo? So there's a lot of yeah. factors in here, but <laughs> it, it, it it was just an excellent execution from Max, you know, yeah. every, every weekend, if he puts himself in the top four on a Saturday, I just can't rule him out winning the race. Yeah. I, I think it really comes down to like, I think that like this, there was definitely some 
kind of luck involved as well because of what happened to Charles and like how that affected Checo's race. But like, I really hope that they they let them continue to race like throughout the rest of the season because it seems like I feel like Checo is going to be up there and like he's going to be able to challenge Max. Like, obviously in this one, there was no point in fighting Max because I think he got team orders because his tires are just so I, shot. But I don't think there were like team the orders, but I think he recognized how pacey Max was and he didn't really fight him. Because he didn't want to take more life out of his tires. He didn't want to force Max into an extra pit stop by by racing him. You know, he still ultimately is the a really great team player. But I I feel personally that there's gonna be certain tracks where Checo's mm-hmm. gonna be able to push Max to the limit. And I think there's gonna be tracks like Austria where Checo's gonna have no answer for Max's pace. Because I still think that Max is one of the currently I would say Max and George are operating on a different level to any other driver. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. George is just insanely consistent. Should we uh should we jump to that? Do you want to go talk talk through Ferrari's woeful weekend first? I do want to talk through Ferrari's woeful weekend, but I do have a trivia question for you oh, and you only. Go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and it has to do with Red Bull. So the trivia question is currently in the uh F1 driver standings, there is a Red Bull one two, uh Max and Checo. Mm-hmm. What year? And who were the drivers of the last time that Red Bull had a one-two in the driver standings? Was it 2011 Weber um, Vettel? That is absolutely bang on. Oh, of let's course, go. Of course, it was <laughs> it was Vettel Weber. Vettel Weber, yeah, but <laughs> but but yes, it was. Uh, I mean, that was a dominant year for red bull yeah it was it was what it was 2010 and 2012 were fernando challenge but otherwise i think 2011 and 2013 were red bull one twos i'm going through the 2010 season right now which is the only reason i need that or i guess that i should say yeah because fernando was up there in the 2010 season um but yes we were going to touch on it the ferrari double dnf lap 20 Wait no, lap twenty was lap twenty was Charles. Uh, maybe like lap thirteen was Carlos, something yeah. like that. I mean, they've built a horrific engine. Yeah, because Magnussen it, also retired, as did Joe. Joe. Yeah, I, I think it has to do with like the conditions of like the past. Like whenever it fails, it's failing in like super hot temperatures where it's like a high abrasion, like lots of like like porpoising in the car itself like i just don't think it's like a very resilient engine because it kills it on saturday right like when you give it time to cool down when you put it only through like you only like pressurize it for a short period of time it is the fastest car for sure and, i mean you look at that last q3 lap by charles he was a half second on yeah, his he teammate, destroyed. You know? yeah <laughs> no not on his teammate on, i mean on checo as well on, by the on end. Checo. but yeah, yeah. It was, right. but it, was it just lap. can't it can't survive for that long. It seems like it doesn't seem very resilient. Like now, with the engine homologation rules until twenty twenty six, the there is some, you know, not loopholes, but if it's due to resiliency, they are allowed to work on the engine or like the MGUK and and the different kinetic uh, or hybrid parts of the engine. Yeah, are, are they going to be able to solve this issue? I mean, they've already absolutely pissed away know, some man. 50 points this season yeah i 
I, I hope they do. It seems like their problems really started after they brought an upgrade in what either Barcelona or Miami, I'm forgetting, but they brought an upgrade to the engine at some point around there. And obviously super small sample sizes on either direction of that point. But like, it seems like all their woes have gotten worse since that, that whatever change they made to that engine. And it wasn't that big of a change either, if I remember correctly. And if they continue to change it, they will just start yeah. facing penalties in the races, grid penalties, um, you know, start at the back. And I mean, yeah. look, we saw Lewis in Brazil last year take a couple penalties and still win that race. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if Charles and, and Carlos have like that kind of mentality where they can pull those races off and continuously, if they continue to fail engines, if they keep yeah. putting in new parts, if they need new gearboxes, like there's, we're only a quarter way into the season, like maybe one race pl- over a quarter. Yeah. And there's a lot left of the season. It, it, it just doesn't quite bode well for them. Yeah. Also from a morale standpoint, I think it's starting to get to both of their heads. Carlos was already kind of really bummed out ever since his like, after like the second race of the season, he seems like he's just having consistent trouble. Right. But Charles, Charles even like, compared to the interview he gave in like Barcelona, like this was like way more, there's way more frustration, way more just like, come on, like, guys, figure it out. Yeah. Like, whereas hey, like, I feel like last time this happened, he was at least like putting on a face for the people at the factory, but I don't know if he's going to, I don't know if that's going to hold up. <laughs> if they when keep he has a car, that, about. when he has a car that has the potential to win the championship and his reliability and its strategy calls that are hindering you. I mean, He's, he's putting all yeah. on the line every time he gets in the car. Like, yeah. they, need, they need to do better. Yeah, seriously. And, like, they've been given a great opportunity. Right. They got to bring back Stefano Domenicali and Ross Braun. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I, mean, I don't think Ross is going to come back, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, he won't. But <clears throat> if, it, if it continues as such, I don't know how much longer Mattia Bonato has. No. Uh, this is Ferrari, you know? This is Scuderia. Yeah, it's, it's quite ruthless. I'm sure the Italian press is murdering them. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, especially for Charles, because he personally, he's made one mistake this season. He overcooked it in Imola yeah. and lost out, you know, a podium. But since then, it's been all on Ferrari. Carlos has made a few more mistakes himself but it had some very good solid drives, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, Max is going to run, run away with it. And I'm yeah. too spoiled for last season to see someone run away with it now. Yeah. Yeah. I hope Checo can keep up a little bit. So that like, you know, only the last three races don't matter, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> this is uh, another trivia question for you. All right. Let's and go. this one is going to be far more difficult. Okay, great. Okay. But was too easy. I trust you would have seen it somewhere on social media. Um, when was the last time Ferrari had a double DNF due to mechanical issues? And who were the drivers? <laughs> okay. Or maybe the uh, hint could be who the drivers were. Was it like Kimmy Vettel days? It, this, this is a long time ago. Oh, wow. Schumacher days? It's Schumacher days. Okay. Uh, the year I'll 97? give you. Oh, bang on. 
Oh, wow. I was going to uh, give you a hint. I, I was going to give you who the world champ was that year and then reverse engineer it. Okay, 97. So you got one driver. You got the year. Schumacher. Now you need the, the, the second driver and you need the, the race circuit. Uh, who was Schumacher's teammates, man? Uh, um, there was Barrichello. I, there was Massa. Was... He's an Irishman, I believe. Cotard? No, Coulthard didn't drive Ferrari. He drove for McLaren uh, and then drive on Red Bull. Fuck. Um, he's, he's an Irishman. <laughs> all right. It's, it's tough. He's kind of he's kind of unknown. It's it's Eddie Irvine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was not gonna get that. Um, yeah, and let's say I don't know Montreal. My favorite circuit. Silverstone. Silverstone. Ninety-seven. So Irvine I mean, that's pretty Schumer. impressive. Yeah. At 20, 24 years between double DNS yeah. and mechanical issues. That's tough. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Good for that. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Now, if I ask you when was their last double DNF in general, then I... Well, there was definitely one, like, last year, probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm not convinced of the answer I was going to give is correct. I was <laughs> going to say... definitely one, like, last I was going to say Interlagos 2019 when, when Seb and, and Charles came together. Yeah. And we got that little glorious bit of uh, Mein Gunter's Heim on uh, Team Radio. <laughs> yeah, but incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, so next up, we had a George podium and a Lewis P4. George, for me, one of the drivers of the season so far. I don't, I don't, yeah. I think everything he does, I think everything he says, I think the way he conducts himself, like in the races and on Saturdays, is absolutely perfect so yeah. far. I wonder what the relationship between him and Lewis is. What, what it, the relationship between him and Lewis is like? Yeah, I said like, it's pretty. Lewis relaxed. is having such a hard time. Yeah, but since it's not a championship-capable winning car, I actually think yeah. Lewis is probably more relaxed than he would have been if it was a championship-capable car. Because I mean, yeah. he has no chill. If he if he can win the championship, he he will he will play He's mind ruthless. games. He will he will ruin George in the head. Yeah. <laughs> just hey i mean fernando does it as well seb did it to weber like this is that's those are the guys that's what nico rosberg did to lewis himself in 2016 yeah. he had to retire because it took such a toll on him <laughs> this is what they have to do to to beat to beat each other so but since it's not i do believe it's quite amicable right now yeah i'm sure next year will be a different story yeah 100 <laughs> next year it's gonna be absolutely brutal a battle um, I, I do want to touch on the porpoising issue. There's been a lot of talk on it, a lot of talk from Carlos even and other drivers. And what are your thoughts? I mean, is this an FIA issue? Is this a ride height issue? Is this a team's, you know, sacrifice a little bit of performance to porpoise less? What's your thoughts on this and where does it go? I've heard a lot of talk I, about like the safety inclinations, like if yeah. Lewis's back hurts that much and he got into a crash, would he have... Would he be able to get out of the car? And I don't know what the security or what the standards are. Is it five seconds, something like that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I understand like, right. Some teams have solved it better than others. So like, it would be penalizing them if you raise the ride height. Like if you mandate a rise in the ride height. I wonder if like you could like measure the amount of porpoising and therefore like basically try to like limit like the, like the magnitude of each like bounce. So that like teams that can't figure it out have to raise the right height, right? Like you have to take performance out there, like 
but like I, I don't know if like a broad mandate of like okay everybody raise your ride height is like that's gonna cause so much controversy just because like some people have figured it out right and like now you're gonna penalize them i completely agree and actually if you did you watch the uh the Julian Palmer analysis in Monaco? No, I don't think I have. Okay. He had uh, some t- uh, telemetry on ride height, like the bouncing due to porpoising. Yeah. Uh, and it was just fascinating. I don't remember exactly what part he was analyzi- analyzing. Uh, yeah. But it was a great segment. So, so they have that telemetry out there. And I mean, that's an interesting take that you think if it's the bouncing is this ba- X bad, then you need to raise your ride height. It's but maybe I, you don't I have agree. to raise your ride height, but you have to like be under a certain amount, right? Like we've yeah. determined like this amount of porpoising at beyond that, it's like really detrimental to their safety. So like you have to get you have to Long-term be under this much. Yeah, exactly. And like you put a sensor on the car and you penalize people, I guess. I don't know. To play devil's advocate, these new cars, there was a weight limit that only Alfa Romeo met in preseason testing. Now, FIA said, okay, we'll increase the weight limit then. Now, similarly, you know, Alfa Romeo had built a car and a fast car that was within yeah. the weight limitations. Why, why would they make an exception for the weight but not make an exception for the porpoising? Because it's Alfa Romeo and not like Ferrari. <laughs> fair, fair. There are levels to this. There are levels to this. You know there are I mean, levels like... and there's, there's pull. So yeah. I, I accept like... that. There's I'll a lot it. more political clout with like uh, Ferrari and like Red Bull, right? And those are like the two teams that I could just imagine like causing a storm if someone was like, you got to raise your right height. Like it's mandate. Like there would be, there would be a lot of Christian Horner segments and media appearances for like weeks. <laughs> I live for that. He, yeah. He's prime time television yeah. to me. The worst thing they could do is doing it right before the summer break because he's going to spend the entire month just on a media blitz like <laughs> him and helmet oh, actually helmet doesn't come in front of the media that often but no, he's, you, he's a quiet man you know that he's been feeding christian like oh, no. trouble he's here, a strategist trouble there he's a strategist you know christian executes and and, yeah. and helmets in the background just writing his dialogue yeah Talking um points okay Dream team well we're not gonna fix you know porpoising it'll nope. be really interesting to see it like live and see if yeah. you can actually see the oscillations in the car. Yeah. Um, it looks horrible when you watch it. Them coming looks, down a straight head on. But, like, I, I, I don't know what that... What it looks horrible. And was. honestly, like, I feel when I watch George down the main straights, he doesn't have the same level of porpoising that Lewis does. I Don't you think that? I... I don't know. I mean, maybe he's, like, lifting... I, like, there might be, like... I wonder if it has something to do with like how much throttle you're putting down. Like I, oh come on, I really straight don't going full know. throttle. Like, yeah, like I don't. Then what is it? it? Must be a setup thing. Then like what? What's well? That's like the, that's my only thought. Maybe I maybe I'm just like biased because you hear Lewis over the radio way more about it. So that when yeah. I watch his porpoising, I'm like, oh my god, that's so bad. Uh, versus yeah. George doesn't complain about it as much. So when I watch him down the main straight, it's like, oh yeah, that looks pretty normal. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like whenever I watch like the taller drivers on their onboards and their porpoising, you can really see their head, like their helmet, like banging back. Like and George is a taller thin. driver, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe they have different setups. Agreed. Well, 
a little bit more down the order. Uh, five, yeah. six, seven of Pierre, seven Fernando, three, three gents who really needed some performance. You know, Alonso has now scored in three races consecutively, but really had a poor start to the season. Seb's best f- finish of the season in an Aston Martin that is really just not that quick. Uh, and then Pierre Gasly, who has been blighted by safety cars and red flags and just not had strategy on his side and reliability. Yeah. So we know that he's very capable of getting into the top five. I mean, last year he was absolutely brilliant. So, I, I mean, yeah, three guys that I'm really happy for that had really solid races. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I don't think, have much yeah. more to say to that. <laughs> I think Pierre killed it. Like, finally, like, he isn't missing like the pits right as the safety car comes out you know like finally um yeah i don't know and alternatively I'm, for his teammate we've had we've seen pierre gasly had a lot a lot of bad luck this this year uh yuki who was driving a pretty good race uh, actually a really really good race yeah uh had to have a slow pit stop for his broken drs and then did not have access to the drs it's really yeah. funny when you see this these high tech cars and this this sport where <laughs> yeah. you know you're doing pit stops in less than two <laughs> seconds with these crazy guns and then yeah. you see them with tape with the duct tape yeah the gaffer tape <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant it's great I feel like there's been so many DRS issues like wing issues this this year for the first time like it just split in two like I, I've never heard of that happening but yeah man I don't know I mean we saw Max not have access to DRS I yeah. believe we've seen the, that happen to Ferraris um so yeah really not sure but i only have superlatives really for yuki though so far this season yeah he is a much better driver and i'm very glad that he got another year (laughs) and he's a much better communicator because my god his 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 early radio was just his engineer must have been like he's just you know he probably learned his english from like what was he in the red bull academy from christian (laughs) Yeah, most likely. <laughs> no, I think he learned it from like cartoons and, and anime. Yeah, yeah. Just watching TV. Exactly. Uh, a little word for our McLarens. Interesting team orders that when Daniel was arguably faster, they didn't let Daniel through. And then towards the end of the race, when Lando was a bit faster, I, I mean, by then, by then, Lando probably would not have caught up to Fernando. Yeah interesting team orders they... interesting environment going on i mean andreas seidel was asking about it was asked about it in the post-race um yeah. show or maybe an f1 nation obviously he's pretty tired of these questions i i do believe that andreas seidel genuinely does believe in daniel still but still yeah. just vibes are off yeah i don't get it i don't really get what's going on like i i like their hard hard tire strategy to start off but i don't know they they have a lot of other issues other than just daniel underperforming like obviously he is underperforming but i think they have like other things going on there too you know yeah the but, car is right hit or miss track dependent yeah, super track dependent and i do think that lando gets the car more than daniel but the team is also built around him so that makes sense agreed lando lando is the team leader uh, yeah. I, I heard an interesting segment about this that the younger generation grew up with computers and essentially yeah. you're driving a computer so the younger generation yeah. just get it quicker you know they, they, they he they, is better at playing video games so you can like hit all the buttons faster i guess but exactly <laughs> he's, you know the call of duty uh, yeah. computers. It's, it's all that war zone that's it's why all he's that a war. better driver 
Exactly. <laughs> no, but you think about it, you know, George, Charles, Alex Albon. Yeah. They, they all stream Twitch together. They're always constantly driving their, yeah. their indoor setups. So yeah. maybe it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Fernando Alonso and Lewis would tell you to just F off with that take, but. <laughs> oh, absolutely. 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 They put in a lot of simulator work in as well. Yeah. All right. To round off the points with Esteban Ocon, then out of the points, Valtteri, Albon, Yuki, unfortunately, who would have been in the points. Mick still can't cop his first F1 point. Latifi, who, have you heard the rumors? Yeah. Uh, rumors are he won't that be in F1 in 2023 and that we'll have Oscar Piastri, who needs to be in F1, who needs to be in F1. And I think that would be a fan. I feel bad for Latifi, but pair. he really is not a great driver. But and he's also had plenty of time to prove himself and adapt. It's not like we were like cutting him off early, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, agreed. Versus like Mick, you know, I'd give one more year. Yeah. Uh, but no, I Piastri Alex Albon is going to be a super strong driver pairing. Yeah. Yeah. Sixteen, and then we get into the DNFs with Lance, and then all the Ferrari engine issues: K Mag, Joe, Charles, and Carlos. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into a couple of the, uh, the people's favorite segments. So we'll start <laughs> off with the, the midfield maestro of the day. Uh, I'll kick it I, over would say you. I would say Lewis Hamilton because he worked his way through that field to get to fourth. Like, That's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's like the edge of the midfield, but he did battle his way up there. No, so he had to pass Gasly. He had to pass Ocon. Uh, I'm not sure. I think I know he was stuck behind those two for a lot of the yeah. race. Um, and I always appreciate, you know, giving Lewis a shout out. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with a different world champion. It hurts me not to give it to Pierre, but I would say Seb because yeah. he arguably could have been even higher up there had he not spun out at, I, I believe it was turn one. Um, but he really mm -hmm. got himself back onto the track very quickly, very impressively. Yeah. But it, it's just great to see Seb racing with people. That that green yeah. truck is not a good car. <laughs> green truck. It's it's, it's 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 a green Thomas the Tank engine. It's it's yeah. no good. But he uh, managed to spin that shit around. <laughs> he did very impressively, and he 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 had to get his elbows out. And that's the yeah. step that I want to see. And I want to see him in the sport, in the midfield battle, not battling for thirteenth. So really, really happy with that kind of Seb performance. Now, on to the hottest topic mm -hmm. of the pod, the not a hater, but segment. And we try not to go in circles here, try and pick someone different every, every week, every race. So have you, have you got someone in mind? Because if not, sure, I, sure. Okay. I'll go. I'm not a hater, but what's up with Mattia Benito? Is that how you say his last name? Mattia like, Benito, yeah. Benito, he needs to figure it out, you know? The, the ship is just sinking. Just as, as a team principal, <laughs> just like needs to you. I mean, your buck stops with you, man. Like, buck does stop with you. Yeah, like, come on. What's going on? And all your sister teams are also very unhappy, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, they, they pay a tall price yeah. for those engines. So yeah. that just that that would not surprise me, and and honestly, mine is not too dissimilar. I was gonna go with the engineers building the Ferrari engine back in uh, Maranello. Yeah. Now, obviously, the bus stops with Bonato, but these engineers, what are they building? 
I don't know. You got to stress test it more. <laughs> they, they need to get like a Nicky Lauda, Michael Schumacher back to whip them into, into shape yeah. because we had a quick Ferrari. F1 was, was going in the right direction. Yeah. And now we just have a lot of Ferrari and Ferrari engine DNFs. So, yeah. You know, maybe for you get your hopes be, up on Saturday too. That's the worst part. <laughs> they're so quick on a Saturday, but maybe Ferrari need to buy some like Red Bull powertrain engines. <laughs> Ferrari dash RBPT. Yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be sad. They get sponsored. Now the boys of box 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 for. are in going to Montreal. So Karun, let's go. I'll start Find with it. three years later. <laughs> three years in the making i want your pole position your dnfs and your three two one in that order my three two one all right i will go with uh charles pole okay all right. dnfs no no surprise there no no uh will be Lance stroll oh in his own back garden yeah damn uh, and Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like he's been driving too well. <laughs> he was out of the points. He was out of points in the past couple in the street circuits. But yeah, yeah. In, in a car where they thought where they were actually going to be very competitive in the street circuits. I know. Um, and then my three, two, one, I'll go with George, Charles, Max. Okay. So another, another, non-pole victory for yeah, max, max and another pole not converted into victory for charles for sure just and that brings me on to my last trivia question for you all right which was who and when what year was the last driver to take four consecutive poles and not convince convert them into a victory now i'll give you the car he drove for yes please he, he drove for a Williams BMW, oh and God, he was one of Michael Schumacher's ago. top rivals that year. My God. Um, was it like Heikinen? Did they race at the same time? They did race at the same time, but he drove for McLaren. Uh, BMW? Like, I don't know. Will- like... Uh, I will give you the nationality All right. of the gentleman next. Um, he is a Colombian need... hothead. Wow. I... <laughs> he, currently, he currently races an IndyCar. Oh, what? Uh, Guerrero? I don't no, know who that is. It. Montoya, wow. How Juan Pablo Montoya, <laughs> Montoya in 2002. He actually wow. claimed five. I was actually looking at the 2002 season on Wikipedia today. He actually claimed five pole positions and converted none of them into victory. Damn. Yeah. That's tough. It was, it was uh, David Coulthard took one of them, I think, and then Schumacher and Barrichello took two each as well. Damn. Yeah. That is but, frustrating. I am going to say, oh, it's so easy. It's, I'm going to go with a Charles Leclerc pole position as well. I think over yeah. one lap, I think he's a great qualifier. 
if you look at the number of poles, Max doesn't have a crazy number of pole positions, actually. Um, he's just a really good driver on the race day. Like, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he is exquisite on a Saturday, but he is he's next level on a Sunday. So I'm going to go with Charles. Oh, it's boring, but I'm going to go with Charles Clerk pole. Uh, my DNFs. I'm going to go with the Canadian duo of Latifi and Stroll. Wow, you're going to go both. <laughs> as well as Joe Guan Yu. I think his bad luck's going to continue for a couple more races. Even though he was also driving a brilliant race. He could have claimed yeah. P10 or P9 in that race. Really devastating for him. Um, yet, I'll say it continues. <laughs> and my 3-2-1, I'm going to go with Lewis. Lewis loves a Canadian Grand Prix. And second... I am going to go George. All right. Wow. And then in first. I guess it is a smooth track. <laughs> super smooth. And then in first, I'm going to go with the future world champion of 2022, Max Verstappen. All right. Interesting. I don't know yeah. what happens to Charles. <laughs> Does he just fall back like fifth? No engine issues, bro. Engine issues. Okay. Interesting. Well, I think, okay, so here, I think... But he doesn't he takes, retire. He takes pole position, but they have to fit in a new engine. I believe he's already at a penalty area. Maybe, probably. I think so. So he starts P10. He works his way up to P4. Okay. I like that. Carlos is running in P4. Charles in P5. There's team orders with an ultimate lap. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boxing thank you for out. tuning into we're boxing out. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Box Box Box. We'll be here after the Canadian Grand Prix, which we will be attending live in person. We'll get some sound bites. That's we'll definitely get some sound bites. Box 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 box. box. Box, 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 box,